The annual preseason Locked On NHL Power Rankings are out. And with that, Jay and I are going to give our thoughts on them right after this. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On NHL podcast for Thursday. I am Hunter Hodes, one of the hosts of Locked On Penguins, and joining me as always is one of the hosts of Locked On Blue Jackets, Jay Foster. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. So Jay, time is here. We're 12 days away until the start of the regular season, and I love this tonight because we can make fun of some of the voters that voted on these power rankings. That is what we do here when we always have power rankings come our way. We will start with the Atlantic, and honestly, I don't really have too many problems with this. The Maple Leafs coming in at number one, I think that's fair. I think they have the best roster in this division heading into the year, and there's no reason to think that they can't win the Atlantic this year. Tampa Bay at number two, I can see that. I mean, Tampa Bay had that first-round exit this past year. They're going to have something to prove. The roster is still very good. I think people forget that the Lightning are still very good. <laughs> they have a lot of elite players. Their goalie is one of the three best goalies on the planet. They're going to be a tough out once again. Panthers at number three, Bruins four, Sabres five, Centers six, Red Wings seven, Canadians eight. If I had to make a couple changes, I'd move the Sabres up to four, move the Bruins down to five. I'm not really that high on the Bruins this year. I don't like their center depth, especially with losing Krejcik and Bergeron. Marshan and Pasternak are going to do their things. But is that going to be enough for the rest of this roster? Olmark, while I think he's going to be good, I don't think he's going to be 935, 940 good like he was this past year. I think this is the year the Sabres make the leap to the playoffs. I think the Panthers coming in at three is fine. Bottom of the division, you know, the Senators, they're going to try to make a leap. I'm just a more of a big believer in the Sabres this year compared to the Senators. But overall, when you look at these power rankings for the Atlantic, what do you see? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in the same in the same boat. Like I have no real problem with the vague order. I could be convinced into flip-flopping the Panthers and the Lightning to put the Panthers in second and the Lightning at third. I agree, put the Sabres above the Bruins. Um and Ottawa and Detroit is really kind of on a par for me. Um I think Ottawa is the better team, but I also think that they are going to be Ottawa has a higher ceiling but also a higher floor. I feel like. So if everything goes well for the Senators, I could see them jumping up. If everything goes badly for the Sabres, I could see them falling down. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. They still have to shine, uh, sign Shane Pinto uh, as of recording this on Thursday morning. But yeah, for the most part, I, I there's nothing really here that makes me annoyed or like, I have nothing to argue about with these. I can see why but yeah i agree the most egregious uh thing is probably buffalo below boston i could i think buffalo's gonna make that jump this year yeah and honestly it's not even that egregious because i can understand why people would have boston up there i mean obviously they're not gonna be as good as they were last year there's gonna be a step back but i think that with buffalo's ceiling i think they can do enough to finish ahead of boston this year I know Red Wings fans are definitely going to be mad about these power rankings, considering that they've been at the bottom of the Atlantic now for the past few seasons. This is a big year for them. I think if things do not go according to plan, you could see some changes made up in Motown. But 
that should be interesting. I mean, they have a team that can make the playoffs as well. People forget that. They made a lot of moves over the offseason. I just think right now the teams ahead of them are better right now, at least in my opinion. And you said for the Senators, they have a very high ceiling, higher than the Sabres. The biggest thing with Ottawa, though, defensively, I want to see them be a bit more improved. I mean, Chikrin has to stay healthy and play well. Shabbat, I want to see him get up to another level. And I want to see, you know this goalie, obviously, can Jonas Corposalo follow up what he did last year? That's the big question for me with the Senators this year because if he goes back to what he was before he had that year in Columbus and then it translated over to the Kings, the Senators are just going to be back where they were figuring out what to do with the goalie situation. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's the biggest question mark for me is Corposalo because if they get last year's Corposalo, they are probably a playoff team. If they don't get last year's Corposalo, they are probably not a playoff team. Um, I think the defense is still kind of very young and untested. I think Chikorin obviously improves that if he can stay healthy. Shabbat is a very good defenseman. Jake Sanderson is a very good young defenseman that just locked up long-term. Uh, the forwards, if they can continue to basically score at will as they did last season. Um, but yeah, if they figure out goaltending, like they are going to be golden. If not, it's going to be another long, long off season for the Senators and their fans, I think. Agreed. And you know, they, they're riding high right now. They got the new ownership in there. Their top six is loaded. I mean, Josh Norris is going to be there hopefully for a full season. Tim Stutzel is awesome. Batherson, you got Brady Kachuk, who's coming off a great year. Claude Giroux is still kicking. They're a really deep team. They, they'll be able to score on you. It's just going back the other way. Will they give up quite a few goals or will it be better this year? I think that's the big question for me. Overall, I don't think I have much else to say about the Atlantic. I mean, Montreal, we all know they're rebuilding, so that's not a surprise to see them at number eight. The Panthers, I do think, are going to be pretty solid again this year. I think they'll actually be, probably be a little bit of a better team this year compared to last year. I, that's how high I, I am on Matthew Kachuk. But it could go a little south if the goaltending doesn't hold up. You know, how is Sergei Bobrovsky going to play? You don't have Alex Lyon there to save your season like he did last year, but they do have Spencer Knight coming back, Jay, and I'm excited to see what he does after coming out of the the player assistance program at the end of this past season. Curious to see how that tandem holds up, but I'm a pretty still big believer in the Panthers. Yeah, and then the Panthers are a team that I don't think that they need. They don't need Sergei Bobrovsky to be an all-star. They just need him to be fine. You know, they are so loaded up front. Matthew Kuchuk is a game-breaking player. Um, top three player in the Eastern Conference, for my money. Right. And if they could, they could probably just ride him all the way to another deep playoff run. If, uh, if it really, Again, it's all kind of dependent on who can stay healthy, who gets hot at the right time, you know. Uh, the Panthers are... Losing a couple of older guys, they're probably going to be bringing in a couple of kids. I'm a big fan of uh, Maki Smoskovic, who is looking to make the Panthers this season. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in, I have more faith in the Panthers this year than last year. Um, and look what they did last year, you know. So I'd expect them to continue on this this trend of of going up. Paul Maurice made me eat my words last year. I'm sure he'll probably do the same thing for me this year as well. But I think that will do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Jay and I are going to dive into the Metropolitan Division. Who's too high, who's too low. Then a little later on, we're going to get to the Western Conference as well. 
Before we get to that, though, we got to talk to you all about DoorDash. Are you missing the syrup for your pancakes? Or did you just run out of your favorite coffee creamer? Well, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've always trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get groceries delivered that actually get delivered too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. You can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. Remember, that's a 50% off up to $20 credit, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKED. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, we're back here on this Thursday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Hunter Hodes. That is Jay Foster. So let's get into the Metro here. Again, I don't really have too many complaints about the power rankings from the hosts from the Metro. Devils 1, Hurricanes 2, Rangers 3, Penguins 4. That would be my top four. I mean, even though I host the Penguins podcast, I'm not naive enough to think that they're going to finish top two in the division. An argument could be made for three, but the Rangers are still going to be a pretty good team heading into the year. That's going to be a big battle, I think, between the Penguins and the Rangers, but I would still have the Pens at four for this year. Islanders five, Capitals six, Blue Jackets seven, Flyers eight. If there's one change that I would make to this, I would bump the Blue Jackets up to six. I would move the Capitals down to seven. I'm not a believer in the Capitals this year. They're mainly just going after Ovechkin's goal record. This is a team that's also a bit older. Oshie's up there. Carlson, Backstrom, their goaltending. I mean, Darcy Kemper had a pretty decent year last year, but even if he plays at that level again, I don't think it's going to be good enough for them to get into the playoffs. Dylan Strom, though, played very well. I just don't see a path, I guess, right now for them to make it in the playoffs unless some of their older guys catch some fire overall you know maybe the new coach in Spencer Carberry could do it but right now I'm a little sour on the Cowboys I would actually bump the Blue Jackets up a little bit but other than that I'm pretty golden on the Metropolitan Division what about you yeah I feel I feel mostly the same way I'd probably bump the Blue Jackets up a second spot as well I could see them finishing over the Islanders um depending on how the Islanders that are not named Ilya Sorokin do this season um but yeah, like the the Devils and the Hurricanes are probably going to flip flop for, for the top two spots all season. I could see the Penguins. Honestly, I could see the Penguins finishing as high as second, but I could also see them finishing as low as fifth. Like it really depends on on what happens there if they manage to figure out how to kind of recreate the magic that Eric Carlson had last season, and if Crosby and Malkin continue to play at that elite level. I'm like I'm pretty sure they will, but it wouldn't surprise me if they start losing a step this season you know so yeah for the most part no real complaints but I think the Blue Jackets are going to be in the mix for a playoff spot this season um obviously we talked about this on Locked on Blue Jackets uh in yesterday's episode of getting rid of Babcock and acquiring Mark Recchi probably makes them a better team as well um so I I'm more cautiously optimistic for the Blue Jackets as of right now and again is that me being a homer maybe but <laughs> i think it's probably going to come down to that final playoff spot is probably going to come down to the islanders and the blue jackets and it's probably going to be like game 82 of the regular season that that gets decided that's my opinion 
Yeah, I mean, I would love seeing a race just like that again. Obviously, it would hopefully work out better for the Penguins compared to what happened this past year. And that said, I do think the Penguins will get back in the playoffs. The top six is loaded. Defensively, they're improved. It's going to come down to Tristan Jari again. Can he stay healthy? Can he get back to the level that we've seen from him before where he's been a 9-15, a 9-20 goalie? Can the penalty kill be improved? Can they get more scoring from the bottom six? That's what I'm looking forward to with the Penguins. The Islanders... Again, they're like that bad penny. They always turn up. That, that's just how it is with them. They're like that, you know, this is going to sound gross, whatever. They're like that bacterial infection that just does not go away for some reason. That, that is what the New York Islanders are every single year. You know they're going to be in it no matter what, and they're always going to be a tough out, especially with Ilya Sorokin, who I think is a top three goalie in the league, and one can make an argument that he is the best goaltender in hockey. Without him, they are – not much of anything, I think. But, you know, with Barzell, you got Anders Lee. Brock Nelson, very underrated player. I don't think he gets talked about enough in league circles. He had probably the quietest 39-goal campaign we've ever seen in the league. He was great this past year. But I don't think I have too much else to say about the Metro. We know the Flyers are going to stink this year. Devils, Hurricanes will be battling for that second, that one, two spot. The Rangers, I'm intrigued about them. I can see them finishing as high as maybe one to two. I could also see them finish as low as four to five. I, I don't know what to expect with the Rangers this year, Jay. Because, you know, Peter Laviolette, I don't think he's that good of a coach, but he does get those bumps for his team in the first year. He always sometimes has them better than what people expect. But could that change this year? Potentially. You know, I don't think the Rangers are as deep as they have been in years past, but they still have some world-class players. They have one of the best defensemen on the planet on the back end. And, oh, yeah, you have one of the three best goalies on the planet in net, too. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Rangers do this year. Yeah, the Rangers are probably the most interesting team in the division because, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the President's Trophy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they miss the playoffs entirely. And I feel like the thing about the Rangers is you never know which version of the Rangers you're going to get until it happens to you. Right. You know, like, we, I've, I've seen it before. Um, the Rangers were a team that Sergei Bobrovsky could just not beat for love nor money. Um, and sometimes that, that happens. I feel like it's kind of a similar-ish story, but reversed with the Penguins. You know, the Penguins seem to always be able to figure out right. uh, Henrik Lundqvist or um, Igor Shesterkin. So, you know, it's it's such a weird team. I can't figure it out. Every I look at the roster every every season. I'm like, man, they might not be very good this season. And then they like fly out and Chris Kreider scores 40 goals and Igor Shesterkin is a maniac. Like, they've got, obviously, Adam Fox um Keandre Miller on the back end like it's such a weird team I don't understand it at all and like I said I wouldn't be surprised if they finish at the top of the division I wouldn't be surprised if they finish near the bottom yeah I mean I, they'll be in the mix no matter what I, I think more more likely than not they'll be in the playoffs I would probably say yeah, it's for sure. highly likely that they'll make the playoffs but there's always a weird chance that something odd happens but I don't see that happening right now there's just a very small boomer bust scenario I think mm -hmm with the Rangers, but I think that'll do it for the Metropolitan Division. Coming up to end the show, Jay and I are going to go through the Western Conference, look at the Central and the Pacific Divisions, and look at who is too high and who is too low. All right, we're back here on this Thursday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, joined as always by Jay Foster. So getting to the Central, again, I don't really have too many problems with this. Avalanche at number one, Stars two, Wild three. Those are the three best teams in the division. It's not really close, in my opinion. I think you would probably agree with that as well. You can make an argument for which team should be above one another. You know, 
maybe I could argue the stars could finish above the avalanche, especially if the loss of Gabriel Landeskog is going to be too much. And that is a major loss because he's not going to be playing at all this year. So maybe they finish in second or third, but this is going to be your top three in some way, shape or form. You hope that the avalanche can stay healthy this year. They were really banged up last year. Even outside of Landeskog, McCarr missed a lot of time. They had that whole situation with Nachuskin. That wasn't even injury-related. That was a whole nother thing that we got towards the late stages of the regular season and then obviously into the playoffs. But that team was just always hurt, I felt like, during the regular season. If they can stay healthy, I can see them winning this. The Stars, they'll be in the mix. The Wild are going to be very, very good. After that, though, you can make an argument for whoever you want. Jets at four, Predators at five, Blues six, Coyotes seven, Blackhawks eight. I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be any good this year. They'll be better than they were last year because look at the Bedard bump, but it's probably still only going to be good enough for a last place finish. The Coyotes, I got a hot take. I'll move the Coyotes up one or two spots. I think the Coyotes are a bit of a sleeper team this year that not enough people are talking about. Clayton Keller had an insane year last year, and he's going to be, I think, really good for the Coyotes this year. They actually added NHL talent this offseason. I think the Jason Zucker contract is going to be – Pretty good for them, and if they're not that good, they can flip him to a contender and probably get a pretty good return considering how good he was with the Penguins. And I'm just not that big of a believer in a team like the St. Louis Blues. I think they're just kind of stuck in mud at this point, Whether while a team like the Coyotes, they're actually at least trying to get better, but I really don't know if I can say the same about the Blues. The Predators, it's the UC Soros and Philip Forsberg show. We'll have to see on that. But I would move the Coyotes up one or two spots to five or six. Yeah, I, I fully agree. That's really the only change I would make. I, I think the Coyotes, uh, and it feels a little bit like, you know, the definition of madness is doing the same thing every year and expecting different results. Like, I kind of feel like that with the Coyotes, because every single year I'm like, man, what if the Coyotes managed to put it together? But Dylan Genther looks great. Logan Cooley is my pick for the Calder. Um, Clinton Keller has always been a really underrated young player in this league. Uh, Vemelka, the goalie, is an, another really underrated player, I think. The, they will benefit from the Central being extremely weak, I think. Like, the Central is two very good teams, a good team, and then a bunch of guys. You know, like, I I would be... I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets, the Preds, the Blues, the Coyotes, and the Blackhawks all miss the playoffs. Um, the... Blackhawks, again, they're a weird team. I, I don't think that they will... They'll be better than last year because they're not going to be trading everyone with a pulse um, off the team. But, I don't know, when you give an $8 million to Corey Perry and Nick Foligno, like, you are you are settling in for a long season that's going to be Conor Bedard scoring probably 60% of your goals, conservatively. Uh, the Preds, again, they could be another, like, Islanders-type situation yeah. of... Saros turns it on and they power their way into the playoffs, but I think that's probably unlikely. Juicy Saros can only do so much. Winnipeg, no one really knows what's going on with Winnipeg. That's a weird team. Jets fans. They're, again, another really weird team. They lost a handful of guys. Um, Gabe Velarde is looking really good for them as the main piece back from the Pierre Lutebras trade. Hellebuck is always going to be a, a, a solid option. Um, if their young guys can make the can make the NHL and stay healthy again, like could be a different story. But as of right now, they've got you know Mark Shifley might not want to stay. Connor Hellebuck doesn't want to stay. Like Pierre Luc Dubois just left. Um, 
Nikolai Ehlers missed a ton of time last season due to an injury, I believe. So if they get him back, that's another huge game changer. Um, Central's, again, the Central's just a weird friggin' division, man. I don't get it. It's it's Colorado and Dallas and Minnesota. And then, uh, like, it genuinely wouldn't shock me. The the, the Blackhawks are going to finish last in the division. It genuinely wouldn't shock me if the Coyotes finished fourth in this division. It's such a weird division. That actually, yeah, the more I think about it, the more you might be right. I mean, Nashville has the potential to be a bit of a boom because of the UC Soros factor. If Philip Forsberg can get back to the level that we've seen from him in the past, that could also give them a big boost. They got Ryan O'Reilly over the offseason. It seems like Barry Trotz wants to continue to try and win, but I don't know if that's in the best interest for the Predators right now considering the state of the roster the Blues are very odd. I don't really know what the plan is there. They say that they're trying to win, but you know they added Kevin Hayes over the offseason, but I don't really know what they're fully doing because they didn't really make that many moves. And then for the Jets, everyone was like, oh yeah, this is the summer of Kevin Dayoff. He's going to make all the trades. And then typical Kevin Dayoff fashion, who's probably the most boring GM in the league, who has also been their GM since I was in like late middle school to early high school, decided not to do anything except trade, well, except buy out Blake Wheeler you traded Dubois, obviously, and that was it. It's really not much after that. And you all you saw the rumors about Shifley, Ehlers, Connor, Hellebuck. Nope. You know, it looks like they're all coming back. And Hellebuck with his contract situation, it's going to be interesting to follow. I can see them making the playoffs, especially if Connor Hellebuck carries them there again. And if they can get Ehlers back, as you said, that's huge. Connor obviously is amazing. I, I just don't really know what to fully expect from them this year. It's a very weird team as the kids like to say the jets are very mid honestly over half this division is mid but the central's just having a mid off like i I think i I always forget how weird the central is because it was such a powerhouse for a long time and then i look at it now and i'm like man maybe two of these teams are playoff contenders like arguably the wild as well but i think the wild again will benefit from being in a weak division they're a good team but I don't know that they're the third best team in any of the other three divisions. Right. I, I would agree with that. I mean, Minnesota, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, if you if you look at this, um, Metro Atlantic, yeah. I mean, maybe if you want to say, I would maybe argue the Pacific. They would maybe want one of the top three mm-hmm. teams, but it, it, you can, it's also splitting hairs there. But speaking of the Pacific, we'll get to there right now to finish off this edition of the Lock, Locked On NHL podcast. Vegas at number one, Edmonton at number two, LA at three, Seattle four, Calgary five, Vancouver six, Anaheim seven, Sharks at eight. I think the Ducks and the Sharks are both going to be pretty bad this year. I totally agree with those two. And then at the top, I do think Vegas is should be the favorite to win the Central, but you can also very much argue Edmonton to be the favorite. You know, when you have Connor McDavid, obviously, and Leon Dreisaitl, two of the best players on the planet, one of them is the best player on the planet, you are always going to be a heavy favorite to win your division. No problem with those four teams where they are. This is where it gets interesting, though. Kings, Kraken, Flames, and Canucks. You get a lot of chaotic situations there. And I'll give you all a hot take. I think the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs this year, and they finish top four in that division. I am very high on Elias Elias Pedersen. If JT Miller can find his game again, that will be huge. Quinn Hughes is one of the best defensemen on the planet. Rick Tockett found something when he took over for the team. And of course, if Thatcher Demko can get back to just being at least average to a bit above average, this should be a playoff team this year. Yes, 
Patrick Olvin and Jim Rutherford are a bit weird as you know, just hockey executives running this team. And, you know, sometimes it's Rutherford makes a lot of comments to the media and all this stuff, but I still think they put together a team here that can make some noise this year and can finally get back to the playoffs. I am high on the Canucks. I love their high-end talent. Depth-wise, could little, be a little bit more improved. D- defense, though, it's better compared to, you know, not having Ekman Larson on your back end anymore and some of these other guys that have come and gone over the past couple of years. But I am high on the Canucks, I would put them probably in that four range. You know, LA, I would still keep in that three spot. They're very, very deep. I just don't know if the Kings have enough star power to really challenge for a Stanley Cup at this point. Again, I love their depth, but I don't know if they have enough star power. Same with the Kraken. They are a very deep team. They were very good this past year, but can they repeat that with all that depth and especially in goal, there's a lot of questions there as well. But overall, though, I would keep the top two. I would move the Canucks up to four. And I would actually move the Kraken down to five and then keep the Kings at three. So my playoff team is from the Pacific or from the West, just in general. Avalanche, Stars, Wild, and then from the Pacific, Knights, Oilers, Kings, Canucks and Kraken. I'm not a believer in the Flames this year. No, the Flames. Like I, the Flames. I think are probably just going to continue their slow yeah. decline into the post Gaudreau and Kachuk uh, era. Obviously, they've just extended um, Kale Backlund, given him the C. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know that I would give the captaincy to a guy that signed a two year contract extension, but that's that's just me. Um, <laughs> I am not as big of a believer in the Canucks as you are, but I am an extreme disbeliever in the Calgary Flames. I don't know that I'd put Canucks above the Kraken, but I'd probably bump them up to maybe being a playoff team. Um, I don't. I think again, it might come down to actually my prediction for the Canucks is what happens is uh, they are god awful for the first half of the season, and then turn it on in the second half of the season to finish about where they did this season. Um to screw themselves out of a lottery spot and also not make the playoffs uh, by like two or three points. Like, sorry, Canucks fans, but that's, that's kind of how I feel about, about how the Canucks are going to do the Kings. I disagree. I think they have got a fair amount of star power. Um, Andre Kopitar refuses to age. Obviously bringing in Dubois is a big thing. Adrian Kempe, they finally figured out that he's not a center and he scored a bajillion goals. Uh, their defense core is much improved, I think, with the addition of, of Gavrikov. It's goaltending. As always, for me, they are looking for the successor to Jonathan Quick. I don't know that Cam Talbot is that guy, but we'll see how that goes. The Kraken, tough to say. I can't figure out the Kraken. Again, it's a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they finished top two, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they finished there at the bottom of the pack. My gut instinct is they are probably a playoff team. I have more faith in their goaltending, but... We'll see how we'll see how the roster shakes out. Obviously, Matty Benares is going to be sick again this year. Um, they've got a very quietly good defense. They're very deep. Uh, if Shane Wright makes the team, I think that gives them a tremendous one-two punch down the middle. Uh, but I was last year just a flash in the pan, or was you know which which, which Kraken team is is the real one? Is it the one right. that we saw in their first season or the one we saw last season? Probably somewhere in the middle. But I lean slightly towards last year's team felt more like what we're going to see this season. 
I agree with that, especially on that point. I think it's closer to the team we saw last year. I just don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Mm -hmm. And the biggest question, you know, what version is everyone going to get of Philip Grubauer? Is he going to be the version we saw in the playoffs where he was a big reason why they upset the Colorado Avalanche? Or is he going to turn back into a pumpkin and be like an 890 goalie or something like that? That's the big question for me with the Kraken. I understand what you're saying about the Kings. You know, I I love the top of their lineup. I still think, though, they could use maybe one more star player in there to really have the edge over some of these teams. Just because, like, when I've watched them in the playoffs go up against the Oilers for a couple of years, I think one of the biggest reasons they haven't won yet is because they don't have someone that can really, I guess, take away or – I guess that's the way I want to say it. Yeah, t- take away McDavid and Drysdale. And I know that's so hard because they're mm-hmm. game breakers, but they don't have anyone that can, I guess, come close to matching against them. And I, I don't know. I mean, with McDavid and Drysdale, they're, again, they're obviously incredible. All you can but, really kind of hope to do is contain them. You can't yes. stop them. Uh, but I think Andre Kopitar, does. the Kings have a really sneaky good center depth. This is my thing. Their, their problem has been that their scoring just disappears. In the playoffs a lot of times. I believe Kevin Fiala was injured by the end of this season and did not play in the playoffs. I could be wrong about that. I'm sure we will get lots of very kind and polite comments from people telling me that I'm incorrect about that. But I believe they were missing one of their better wingers um, in the playoffs. So healthy Kevin Fiala will probably help them that up. Um, They've got some young guys that are making the jump. I expect Quinton Byfield to have a pretty good year. Um, Brent Clark, who was one of the best defensemen in the OHL last season is making the jump to pro. So he's definitely going to add something there. Um, the Kings are going to be better this year than they were last year. I think if they can figure out goaltending, which seems to be like the, the theme of all of these power rankings is, yeah. Hey, how good your goalie going to be? Cause that's going to dictate where, where you finish. And like, maybe that's just me putting too much weight on goaltending. Um, but it is a fairly significant part of the game. You can outscore bad goaltending, but it is difficult to do. It's always the greatest equalizer, or it can be your biggest downfall. That's always how I look at goaltending, and the Kings will hope that they get it right. And don't get me wrong. I think this is a top-three team in the Pacific. I expect them to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Also, just wouldn't be surprised. Also, if maybe they fall a little bit, but again, I still expect them to make it. And just because I am that kind of dude, Jay, I did look up. You were partially right. Fiala only played in three playoff games for the Kings. Had okay. one goal, six points in those games. So he was a bit banged up to not play in that full series. I remembered him being out. I thought he got hurt at the end of the regular season, but he played in the first three games, I would imagine. And then, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay, it, cool. It, it I was slightly vindicated by, by <laughs> half remembering a thing. It's fine. No, of course. And is there anything else you want to say about the power rankings before we wrap up here? I don't think so. I think these power rankings are, I don't, I should have looked up what we did last time because we did power rankings, what, six weeks ago? Yeah. I should have looked up what they were then versus what they are now. But from my recollection, these power rankings feel more accurate. Um, Obviously, I'm sure we will probably do them again in a couple of weeks now that when the regular season uh, kicks off or the preseason is done and we have, you know, a better idea of what teams are going to look like because we're in the middle of training camp right now. Uh, I don't know about how any other team is doing, but the Blue Jackets have a lot of moving parts as to who could be on the roster uh, come October 12th. But we'll uh, we'll see how the, the season starts because there's always one team that has a completely bananas start to the season. 
um, and just decides that things are going to be like it's not not, not team specific, uh, but I will finish with uh, a thought that I had uh, earlier today, which was do you remember that year that Jake Voracek just randomly led the league in scoring for like seventy games? Yes, I do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a player or a team just decides that they're gonna blow everyone else out of the water so i'll be interested to see who that is this season i think it could be buffalo buffalo is my pick have a really hot start to the season i would not be surprised that's for sure i'm high on the sabers this year i do think this is the year that they end their playoff drought mm-hmm. they're loaded offensively they can if devin levi is the guy and their back end is also even more improved and their offense keeps scoring i think this is a playoff team this year in my opinion but I think that will do it for this edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Remember, on Fridays, it will be Rachel and Gil doing the show. We will be back next Thursday discussing something around the NHL, and then we'll have more power rankings, of course, throughout the season. But again, that will do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening slash watching this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast, and we will be back next Thursday.